so that Barabbas could go free. That's what he said. I'm being clear, I'm being forthright, I'm telling you how it was. Jesus died for Barabbas. See, the people proposed the switch. The people said, this is what we want. We want, we want Barabbas to go free, and we want Jesus to take Barabbas' place. And it made perfect sense, right? Because Jesus went up on trial. Why? For insurrection. And Jesus gets exonerated for insurrection. And Barabbas had been put on trial for insurrection and he had been convicted for insurrection. And so what the people proposed was a switch. They said Jesus will take that charge and Barabbas will go free. And that's what happened. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. It's Passion Sunday. We're going to do a passion reading later to follow the historic practice that God has called for us to do in the church, which is to read the scriptures publicly. I'm going to read just a snippet of what we're going to experience more in full later. Please stand right now out of respect for the great work of our Savior Jesus. This is what Luke says to us. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man. Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown in a prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. There is something here that once you see it, you cannot unsee it. 
There's something here that is so powerful, so profound, so transformational that when you see it, you cannot unsee it. To get at it, I I want to explain something to you. There's a difference between knowing what happens in a story, what happens in a history, what happens in an account, and knowing why it does. Sometimes that's important. I've learned that. I've been reading some stories by this Christian Southern writer, a woman by the name of Flannery O'Connor. Some of you know that. Flannery O'Connor writes these crazy short stories. There's this one called The River, In this story, this short story she writes, I know exactly what happens. This guy, he goes to this Christian revival service. The preacher says, come and be baptized. The guy gets baptized, and the preacher says to him, you matter now. The guy comes back the next day to the same river. He comes to the same spot. He gets in the river again, and this time he's swept away, and he drowns. So I know what happened. I have no idea why. I look at what the experts say. There's debates. What does it mean? I know what happened. I have no idea why it did. There's a difference between knowing what happens, that Christ was crucified, and knowing why he was. And when you see it, You cannot unsee it. So we got to get there, but we got to start somewhere, and so we're going to start here. Do you realize that the crucifixion almost didn't happen? You got to think about that. You got to at least imagine it for a second. Like it almost didn't happen. Luke makes that very clear. It almost didn't happen. We have to imagine how things, how how different things could be sometimes. Like sometimes uh, there's this novel, it's called. Um, a novel of a civil war, and this novel imagines what would have happened if the South won the the Battle of Gettysburg. Or there's this TV show on Prime that imagines what happens if Germany wins World War II. It's harrowing to think about, and what happens? It almost happens that Jesus isn't crucified. See, because Luke tells you it was all over. It was done. He came out. He announced the verdict. It's over. The man is innocent. He's going to get released. I am announcing that. We, in our culture, in our time, I think we should know that a little bit better than everybody else. You know why? Because we've gone through this a couple times recently. You know how it is. People are waiting for a verdict from the court on bated breath. The TV cameras are rolling. The ticker tape is ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the verdict is announced. And Twitter goes crazy. And all the talking heads on cable TV start talking. And it's over. Because the foreman stood up and made the verdict. It's done. This is what it is. And Pilate had already come out. And he said, it's done. You brought me this man as a man who is accused of inciting insurrection. I've investigated this man. I've looked at him. He's innocent. Herod's looked at him too, by the way. The man is innocent. 
I'm letting them go. I'm going to give them a warning shot across the bow. I'm going to give them a little, you know. Then I'm going to let them go. It was over. Crucifixion almost didn't happen. Jesus had been declared innocent, exonerated on all charges. I want to lean into that. I think I should lean into that. Luke leans into that. He says, look. He says, look. All of the proper authorities have evaluated the man. All of them. See, Herod was kind of in play because, as you all know, Jesus was a Galilean. Herod's over Galilee. He gets examined by Herod. Herod said, he's not guilty. He gets examined by Pilate. It happened in Jerusalem. Pilate examines him. Pilate comes out, and he says, both of us agree. The man is exonerated. He's not guilty. We're going to let him go. He didn't do it. So innocent. He's so innocent. You know, you got to think about that for a second. Herod, Herod said he was innocent. Oh, you've met Herod before? You know him? He's a bad guy. Luke said, Luke said about Herod that Herod was such a bad guy that he took his own brother's wife. That's Herod. Herod says he's innocent. Pilate, we've met Pilate before, Luke chapter 13. We just did it here in Lent. We've met Pilate. We know Pilate. We know this. He's a bad dude. He's guilty of religious terrorism. Same guy, Jewish worshipers in the temple. They, he mows them down, and, and their blood mixes with their own sacrifices. Horrific event. That's Pilate. We've met him before. And look, these are bad guys. Even they say, Jesus is not guilty. Even the darkness has to admit the light. Even devils can't lie about Jesus. He's so innocent. And so it was over. Exonerated on all charges, the crucifixion, it almost didn't happen. Of course, but then it did. And now we're getting there because we started thinking about why did it happen then? What, what happened? Why did it happen? What, what is going on here? Why did it happen? Some people, some people are going to say this. Well, here's what happened. God gave people free will. Things got crazy. Or you know what? Maybe, maybe God didn't anticipate it. You know, the crowd got, got, got going and God didn't know about it. And he was like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Maybe God didn't know. But maybe he's too weak. Maybe it was just free will. Is it that? Well, if it is, then the crucifixion is a story about how we better shape up. 
Because, you know, if we don't shape up, you know, then really bad things happen. Like, really bad things happen. Like, the worst things in the world are going to happen. So we better shape up. If the story of free will or God's weak or God didn't anticipate this, then we better shape up. Because things could go really bad. Is that it? That's not it. We know that's not it. Luke writes a sequel. It's called Acts. And there in Luke, in this book of Acts, says that God foreknew this. And that God planned it. This isn't people getting out of control. This wasn't the ignorance of God. And this wasn't his weakness. He knew about it beforehand and he planned it. So you say, okay, okay. It's not the weakness of God. It's not his ignorance. I know what it is. It's Pilate. <laughs> it is Pilate. We got him in the creed. It's Pilate. It's Pilate. Pilate's why it happened. That's, that's what it is. You know what the crucifixion's about? It's about political malpractice. It's about political cowardice. It's about that. And you know what we should do then? If that's what the crucifixion's about, this is what we got to do. We got to vote better. We got to vote. We got to get better people in the office. We got to get a better system of government. Is that what it's about? How did it go? I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Pilate got the right verdict. He did. He exonerated him. The people come, they say, they say, release Barabbas to us. Pilate says, I don't want to. No. Crucify him, crucify him, they say. Why? Was it merely Pilate? Oh, no. Yes, Jesus was crucified under Pontius Pilate. The, the creed is right. But this is far more than political cowardice. So what was it? Well, Luke told you. Why was Jesus crucified? Because God loved Barabbas. And Jesus died so that Barabbas could go free. That's what he said. I'm being clear. I'm being forthright. I'm telling you how it was. Jesus died for Barabbas. See, the people proposed the switch. The people said, this is what we want. We want, we want Barabbas to go free, and we want Jesus to take Barabbas' place. And it made perfect sense, right? Because Jesus went up on trial. Why? For insurrection. 
And Jesus gets exonerated for insurrection. And Barabbas had been put on trial for insurrection. And he had been convicted for insurrection. And so what the people proposed was a switch. They said Jesus will take that charge and Barabbas will go free. And that's what happened. Jesus was crucified for high crimes against the state. And Barabbas went free. The guilty man got away. And the innocent man died. And that's the story. And so it's not a story of how God didn't know what was going to happen. And it's not a story of how God was too weak to stop the people. And it's not a story of political cowardice. It's a story of how the innocent man, he dies so that the guilty man can go free. Here we are on Passion Sunday, and what I want to do is I want to take this great truth that we have now uncovered from Luke, and I want to apply it to you in three ways. First, like this. Embrace your Barabbas. Barabbas, he, uh, I want to point something out about him that I haven't yet pointed out. I told you that it was the crowd who called for his release. But what I haven't yet helped you do is unpack what that means for them. When you call for the release of an insurrectionist, you are supporting the insurrection. When you support somebody who is a seditionist, you become a part of the sedition. See, this means something. This means something. So when the people, when the people said, this is what we want, you, we support Barabbas, Barabbas is our guy, Rome all of a sudden has every right to come and wipe out all these people. They're all seditionists. But even on a greater level. Because when they support Barabbas against Rome, at the same exact time, they call for the crucifixion of the Son of God. Which is the greatest insurrection of all. Don't you see it? Barabbas was their guy. He was their guy. They were all insurrectionists. He was theirs and they were his. 
Or perhaps I should say, all of us, all of us, all of us, are Barabbas. The Christian artists have helped me think about that. I don't know if I think that in a positive or negative way. I haven't decided yet. But, but the Christian artists, when you look at the way that they portray Barabbas, they all seem to do it in the same way. Barabbas, you can see him. And the Christian artists, they imagine him having this hard face, and he's got these messed up teeth, so he's got a bad mouth. And then he's got this one eye that's blinded. Sometimes the artists seem to take one of those three. But it's Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ that takes all three of those things and puts them together. And so you see Barabbas. He's got this hard face and this bad mouth, and then he's got an eye that looks like it's been blinded in a knife fight. And he's so bad that in the movie The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson imagines him that when the bonds come off of him and he's released, that he sticks out his tongue in the face of the Roman soldier. And I don't know if I don't like that or if I really like that. Because on the one hand, I think, you know, the Christian artists, it seems like they're almost distancing us from Barabbas. Like, like we imagine him, he's a really bad guy, and he's really kind of different from us. Like, we would never behave quite that way. And it's almost like they can't imagine that Barabbas may just be a more sophisticated kind of insurrectionist. The kind of guy that has the kind of life that we have and the kind of desires that we have that would, that would make us want to fight for and maybe even kill for a good government for the people. Kind of like we just did, you know, at the Boston Tea Party and Paul Revere's Midnight Ride. And then sometimes, I think maybe the artist got it right. Barabbas can have such a hard face. This is God's earth. And we live like it's ours. And we have bad mouths. We have these little seditious thoughts in us that nobody else knows about. And we plot and we plan. And sometimes we even have a blind eye. We can't even tell just how much like Barabbas we are. Embrace your Barabbas. He is us and we are him. But now, embrace your grace. I told you before that when you see this, you can't unsee it. It's so powerful. And it really is. People have been saved when they've seen Barabbas. I want to build on up to this 
here like this by pointing out to you that Jesus did something far more than just die. We always say that. We say Jesus died for our sins. Yes, he did. He also did something so much more. He was crucified. He was crucified. Crucifixion, it seems, it comes over from a Babylonian practice. The Babylonians, they used to take bodies, they used to take people, and they'd put them up on poles. And they'd put them up on poles so that everybody would see it. And so that you were lifting up that criminal to God. So that God could exact justice. And crucifixion then becomes the capital punishment of capital punishment. It becomes the way to address the highest of crimes. Which means that Jesus has addressed the highest of crimes. He did more than just die. He was crucified. The capital punishment of capital punishment. Second point here is that he was crucified for Barabbas. For the guilty, for the insurrectionists, for the convicted. Embrace the grace. Joshua Rogers tells his story. He writes about it on his blog. He says that, in his own words, he says that Jesus, in a sense, when he's put up there with Barabbas and he sees Barabbas, that Barabbas, in a sense, saved him. The man in his 20s, he he tried to live a good life. He tried to make himself worthy before God. He got himself so worked up. He was so legalistic. He was going to save himself that way that he got knots in his stomach and his back actually started to hurt. It was manifesting. His spirituality was manifesting in his body. And one day he started thinking about Barabbas. And he realizes Barabbas translates son of the father. And and he realizes there was another son of the father. And he sees that in this story, that the son of the father, the guilty one, is exchanged for the son of the father who was convicted for him. And it saves him. Do you know the same thing happened on the set of The Passion of the Christ? It's said that the man who played Barabbas came to faith. The man who played Barabbas in that moment that Mel Gibson imagines where Jesus looks at Barabbas. The, he's, Barabbas is getting released and Jesus is going to get dragged off to crucifixion. That Jim Caviezel inhabits Christ in such a way in that moment that he looks over at Barabbas with such compassion, like, are you getting this? I love you. That the man saw the real Jesus. And the man came to faith. 
Don't you see it? Embrace the grace. What will God not do for you if he will give you his only son? What does his sacrifice not cover? See your lust. It's covered. Your abortion. It's paid for. Your pride, your need to have things just your way. Lift it up on the cross. Some people are self-justifiers. They know they've been bad. They know they've been Barabbas. And so they try to make up for it by living a good life. Other people are deniers. They actually feel like they're not Barabbas. They can't see it. They think their sin is an aberration of who they are, not a revelation of it. But Christians, well, we know that our sin is not an aberration, it's a revelation. And we know we can't make up for it. But we also know that Christ did. Christ was crucified for us. Embrace the grace. And I've got one last one. So, embrace your freedom. You know what everybody wonders? What happened to Barabbas? (laughs) Everybody wonders, what happened to the guy? He's just gone. Mel Gibson proposes this in The Passion of the Christ. Guy sticks out his tongue. (laughs) Did he do that? Chains drop off, he walks outside, he pumps his fist to the crowd. Yeah, they love me, the crowd got me off. Goes back and hangs out with the rest of the bad dudes and starts planning insurrection again. You think that happened? Could have. Could have happened another way too. He's sitting there in his cell. The Roman guard comes up. You know, he's already had his last meal. He thinks he's about to walk away, you know. It's capital punishment time. Roman soldier comes in. He's thinking it's time. This is it. Then all of a sudden, the Roman soldier takes the keys and he puts them in the lock, and all of a sudden the chains fall off, and he says, you know, you're going free. Jesus is going instead. 
And he walks outside, and the sun is shining. And it's like a dream. And he's home in time to celebrate the Passover with his family. What happens to Barabbas? One of the most respected Bible scholars today is a man by the name of Richard Baucom. He writes this. He says, many characters in the Gospels are unnamed. Others are named. I want to suggest now the possibility that many of the named characters were witnesses who not only originate the traditions to which their names are attached, but also continued to tell these stories as authoritative guarantors of their traditions. In some cases, the evangelists may have, may have known them. Let me translate that for you. The reason why we're told Simon of Cyrene carried the cross is because when people went to church, there was Simon. And you could ask Simon and he would say, Yes, I carried the cross and I saw Christ die. And the reason why not just one of the Gospels or two of the Gospels or three of the Gospels, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all named Barabbas is because maybe, just maybe, when you went to church on Sunday, there he was. And you could walk up to him and you could ask him, Barabbas, what happened? And he'd say this. Jesus was crucified so that I could go free. So Barabbas, what are you going to do with your freedom? You know what they say, right? The recidivism rates are high. Because when you get out, you always want to go back to your old friends and your old haunts and your old ways. And, you know, that's how life is. Plus, they're probably going to come find you because they've got some stuff that they want to get done and they've got it already planned. And you fit right in. Oh, the temptations are so hard. What will you do with your freedom? See, because the Roman guard has already come. And the key went in the lock and the bonds fell off you. Because that's what forgiveness is. You get let go. So what are you going to do with your freedom? You know what's amazing to me? The grace of Jesus. The grace of Jesus is so amazing to me. You know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't pre-check with Barabbas. You know, hey, Barabbas, Barabbas. This is coming down. I'm not going to say anything when, when Pilate hangs me out. I'm just going to stand there. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to take the judgment. What are you going to do about it, Barabbas? Are you, what are you going to do? I just want to check. I just want to make sure. Barabbas, you going to make good on this? Or are you going to go back? 
Are you going to go back? Are you going to be an insurrectionist again? Are you going to lead a destructive life? Are you, going to, are you just going to throw it all away? Is that what you're going to do, Barabbas? Are you going to make good? Barabbas, he didn't check. He didn't check. He didn't say to Barabbas, Barabbas, hey, Barabbas, are you going to understand that when I give my life away from you, that you owe me everything? That your life isn't your own anymore? Are you going to get that? Are you going to, get, are you going to, are you going to live for me then, Barabbas? He never checked. Such is his grace. So what are you going to do with your freedom? You know what some people do? They say, keep the bonds out. Jesus, I did it. I deserve it. I'm so guilty. I'm bad. Jesus says, let me have your sin. Let me have it. Take the bonds. Let me have it. Jesus, but I deserve it. You're going to keep the bonds on. Some people say, you know what? <laughs> Jesus, he let me go free. I'm going right back to my old haunts. You're going to go back to your sin? Or will you go free? Will you live your life for him? Will you get new friends at the church? Will you learn a new life? Christ's life. Will you go free? Oh, it's Passion Sunday. You get a whole week to think about that. Christ was crucified. Your bonds have dropped. Go free, people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for silently taking our guilt and our sin and being crucified on our behalf for high crimes against God's government. Give us your Holy Spirit that we might live free from you.